This message is brought to you by the Metamorphosis Christian Center, Abuja. Ministering is the servant of God, a pastor in the house, Pastor Samuel Uluwashiun Hazan. Remain blessed as you listen. Father, we bless your name this morning. Lord, our finite minds cannot comprehend the infiniteness, the greatness, the extent of who you are. But Lord, even in the limitations of our understanding, we declare that you are exalted. We proclaim you are unlimited God. We declare that no one can do the things that you do. No one can say the things you say. No one is like you. You are the great and mighty God. We bless you, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name. Our prayer to today, this morning, is that you will indeed open our hearts. You will open our eyes to behold wondrous things from your Lord. Lord, you give us capacity to say the things that you once said, the things that you are saying. You give us understanding to understand, to appreciate, Lord, to internalize the things that you are declaring to us. Lord, have your way in our lives this day. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Be exalted over all our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you very much. God bless you. Uh, welcome someone on your left and on your right again. Tell them good morning. Welcome. Amen. So we'll continue with our theme on the kingdom of God. Amen. How many of you have been enjoying this series so far? Uh, well, no hands. Sometimes when preachers talk, it's not as if we're just asking rhetorical questions. In the old days, Yorubas used to call radio what? Asoromagbesi, as in he who talks without response. But we know that today, several radio programs, there is response, right? So there's no more Asoromagbesi. Technology has gone beyond that. So how many of you have been enjoying this series? Aha. Uh-huh. It's, uh, we can't say enough of the kingdom of God. You know, it's interesting. I mean, what message did the Lord Jesus himself preach when he started his ministry? What was his message? Repent for the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is at hand. So the message of the kingdom is the gospel for all ages. Amen. So the Lord himself began to speak it. John the Baptist, the forerunner, that was the very thing he was singing. Did I say singing? That was the very thing he was preaching. The kingdom of heaven. In the Jewish culture, you know, um, for those of us that have been attending the midweek PCG studies, one of the things we're learning is that there are tools, right, that can help us appreciate and understand the word of God, right? Some of those tools, we mentioned them, you might have a history of the Jews, customs and traditions like that, so that you appreciate some of the things in the Bible, the concept of the kingdom was so strong in Jewish culture. Do you know why? They existed as a king. Well, before they were a nation, God was their king. You know, they didn't have a king installed. There are laws. What makes a kingdom in the first place? You have a king, right? Whether by conquest or by birth or whatsoever, you have someone that is standing as leader over that territory, which is the kingdom. You have a king. You have his what? Laws, right? Constitution. 
you might want to use modern language, how he wants things to be done, right? Then you have a people who are obeying those laws and, you know, doing his will, as it were. Doing the thing, you have officials and all. But the king, the people, the, the law, and then the territory, that's what makes the kingdom. So to the Jews, it was a very strong concept. When Israel, uh, they existed as a kingdom of priests, they were called God's laws. But later they said, make us a king like other nations. You know, Samuel was grieved. He said, it is not, uh, God told Samuel, it's not you they've rejected, it is me. That's how serious it was. It is me. Because now they wanted a king. And we know through history that none of those kings really can be like God. Apart from David. David was a man after God's heart. But even David brought trouble on the Israelites. You know. There was a time that 70,000 people were killed because of David's actions. So no human being can perfectly uh, be the king. Is the king. So and all through the failure of their kings. Captivity, every, they always desire the kingdom. It's written in the Bible that after Jesus fed, gave them bread and everything, they wanted to make him king, right? You read that in the Bible? They wanted a physical kingdom because all the prophecies about the Messiah, a king shall reign in righteousness, they wanted it physically. So the concept of kingdom was very real to them. But here comes Jesus. One of the reasons they asked him, are you the one or are you another? He's not telling them my kingdom is not of this world. They say, what do you mean? Even the disciples said, we have left all to follow you. I mean, they followed him thinking, this is the Messiah. They are probably thinking, yes, I'll be chief of Judah. I'll be, there were 12 apostles, you know. So each one in his mind will have been thinking, which tribe will I get? We said, my king, it was a disappointment. It was part of the annoyance of the Pharisees that this guy, you are a disappointment. <laughs> You've raised our hopes. <laughs> Kill him. It's not, and that's why some of them still have challenges believing that Jesus is the Messiah. Because they were looking for a physical kingdom. But in a way, they were right. Because eventually, this kingdom of God will manifest physically on the earth. Amen? Amen? How many of you want to go to heaven? Everybody wants to go to heaven. <laughs> How many of you want to come back to the earth? Okay, only a few. You think God is going to destroy the earth? Will he destroy the earth? Yes, this earth, this present earth is going. But there will be a new heaven and a new earth. So this earth is a practice for the earth to come. Because if he says he has made us kings and priests, the question you ask yourself is where do you want to reign? On this earth? Yes, and in the earth to come. Because you read the parable of the talents. What was their reward? Rule over cities. Rule over five cities. Rule over ten cities. And Jesus, all those parables were mysteries of the kingdom. He said the kingdom of heaven is like, like this kingdom, if you understand what I'm saying here, you will understand where we are going. So, it is, a, it is hidden to many. And what is a mystery? We've been taught before. Something that is hidden. Except to the initiated. The Lord Jesus himself will tell them. Unto you it's been given to know what? The mysteries of the kingdom. So eventually it's going to be a physical kingdom. Proof of that. Daniel chapter 2 verse 14. You know. Um, 
Daniel chapter 2 verse 14. Is it 14 or 44? Let's put it on the screen. Nebuchadnezzar had a dream of several earthly kingdoms, right? And then said a stone was caught without hand and he smashed them. So God's kingdom is eventually going to manifest physically. In actual fact, it is manifesting physically already to an extent. But then it begins where? In you. It begins in you. I want us to put this concept at the back of our mind. You know, uh, God will help us today to, to just expound this word. It's going to be more of an exposition so that we gain understanding. We've been reading um, verse 44. Verse 44, I think that's where it is. Uh, the dream of Nebuchadnezzar, all the earthly kingdom, he smashed them. So it's going to be here. So even if we go to heaven, and God judges the earth, then he's bringing us back to the new earth to reign. So what you do here determines what you will get in that new earth. Some people will be mayor of Abuja, for example. Who wants to be mayor of Abuja? Will there be a new Abuja then? We don't know the names God will call them. But let's just imagine. FCT minister is a juicy position. <laughs> uh, president over Nigeria in the new earth. There will be land, there will be territory. So, and the glory that you get there in that new earth, the reward is highly dependent on what you do now. You know, in the days of these kings, the king of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. That is the interpretation of the game. So, it's an earthly kingdom. But the Jews wanted it then. But Jesus said, "Mm -mm. it's not by like that. Someone told us, no, be like, it's not by like, no. He said, no, not yet. So, but the kingdom eventually, it is already on earth because it is manifesting. We look at all that. But the kingdom begins where? In you. Amen. So Jesus disappointed the Jews because he came not in the way they expected. But those that were operating in that new kingdom, they can't use the paradigm of this earth, this present earth. Bible says the whole creation is subject to what? Corruption. That's Romans 8. Because of the disobedience of Adam, every human being became corrupt. The operating system God installed became corrupted. So he needed to do something new entirely. Amen? So that's where he needed to start from. They didn't understand it. So that's the beginning of the kingdom. Now, let's look to, um, of course, we know Matthew 6, 33. Let's see it in the Amplified quickly. Let's just read those scriptures of foundation as we, we're going to run quite fast. God will help us. We read it. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The kingdom and his right and every other thing. In the Amplified, say, God's way of doing and being right. God's way of doing and being right. Meet, uh-huh. But seek ye first, you know. Now, Jesus, in this is a part of the Sermon on the Mount, starting from the Beatitudes after his baptism. When he came out preaching the kingdom of God, like we said, each kingdom requires a set of laws and constitution. The same way God brought them out of Egypt and through Moses was giving them laws. The Lord Jesus came to redefine. And it looked like, ah, this guy, what you are saying, is he different from, you know, there, do this, do this, don't do this, don't do this. But here, he started a new set of rules. And he didn't totally abolish all that he gave them before. He said he is the fulfillment. But he picked out the two most important things. Love the Lord your God. Love your neighbor as yourself. He said this on all this. But then he now gave them new commandments. So part of that sermon is this. Several things he said and all his teaching. 
This is the constitution. So if you are in the kingdom of God, you need to know your constitution. So go back to the gospels. All the words of Jesus Christ, we need to internalize them. Because in them, you will see that it touched on practically every area of life, right? Jesus talked on taxation, didn't he? He did. He talked on marriage. He talked on relationships. He talked everything about the kingdom. He talked about giving. Business. You know, it's all there. So, but this... Give first the kingdom. Aim at and strive after, first of all, his kingdom. Get in there. And his righteousness. Pastor Rotemi told us about righteousness. And actually, the concept of righteousness, teach it for six hours because it's so broad. It's so broad. We won't dwell so much on it. Go back to last week's message. You get a solid foundation. But it begins from entering into righteousness in the kingdom, and then every other thing. So that should be your priority. Now, let's go to Luke 17, 21. Luke 17, 21. They came. So you are, you're claiming to be this, you're claiming to be that. You are disappointing us. This kingdom that we want. I mean, get rid of all these Romans. Get rid of all these Greeks. Overthrow this Herod. You know, Herod was not an Israelite. He was actually a descendant of Esau. He was an Edomite. But how he became king in Israel, in Israel, in Judah, is another story to read, you know. And you, well, let's not get back to the prophecies on Esau and Jacob. Said, your brother shall rule over you. After a while, you'll break off the yoke from, you know. It played out. Son of Esau became ruler over the sons of Jacob. It's very interesting. God is just wonderful in his ways. But they wanted him. And there were several... Um, what they call them now, activists in Israel in those days, the zealots, the Sadducees, they were doing activism in different ways, different political parties, if you like. But all of them wanted kingdom. Uh, let's see verse 20 first. Verse 20. This is the Lord Jesus talking. This is the beginning of the kingdom. When he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God will come, because I mean, this kingdom, this kingdom, you are preaching it. When? Are you the one? He said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. In other words, it is here. You know, he told them it is at hand. It is here. But he said, it's not physical. It's not by observation, by what you see. Verse 21. Nor will they say, see here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is where? Can you say it out? The kingdom of God is where? Within you. The kingdom of God is within you, inside you. Amen. That is the beginning of the kingdom. This where within you. That's where it starts. And it is from there that it's going to flow out. So if you say seek first the kingdom, it's first and foremost internal. Now, what is in you? What is man? We've read it several times. We say it several times. Man is what? Spirit that has a soul and lives in the body. You are primarily what? Spirit. When you got born again, what got born again? Huh? Your spirit is where salvation started. You were born anew in your spirit. Some other people have gone down to break down. This is a teaching for school of the Holy Spirit. I've done it several in the past. The spirit itself, you can say the components. There is wisdom. You wonder, children, nobody teaches children how to do naughty things. Does anyone do that? 
you deliberately train your children. Well, some people, they say, tell him I'm not at home. My daddy say he's not at home. Eh, okay, oh, tell your daddy I will sit down here and wait for him until he comes back. <laughs> you know, some people train children to lie that way. My daddy said, and children don't know, they are innocent. My daddy said he's not at home. So, but you don't teach them some things. But because of the corruption, the wisdom of the world, the wisdom of this age is already resident in the spirit of everybody. The same way when you get born again, the seed of the wisdom of God is in you. Components of the spirit, communion, created human spirits to be able to interact with spiritual beings, spiritual entities. That's why people get demon possessed. That's why people consult mediums and all. Because he made man to be able to communicate with the spirit world. Fallen man shifted away from God. But the born again Christians were able to receive from the spirit of God. People who are not born again will say, God told told you. How did he say it? Where did he say it? You mean God, I mean God, you had thunder. That's all they know. Physical. This is my beloved son. God still thunders anyway, but it's not to everybody. Some fathers of the faith say, if you hear the voice of the father, you read in Jerusalem, uh, in uh, Revelation, he said, from his throne proceeds thunderings and lightnings. He said, you don't want to hear the voice of the father. It's thunder. It's scared. You know, when it rains, there's a thunderstorm. How many people are bold to stand inside the rain and you are hearing the thunder and lightning? You are afraid that this thing can strike somebody. There is that fear of the natural thunderstorm. How much more when the father comes? Everybody falls down flat. So you don't want to hear that kind of voice. You will not sleep. In fact, you will ask God not to talk to you. That was the experience of the children of Moses. Go, 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 go. This God, let him talk to you. Ah, if we hear this voice, we will die. That's how serious it is. But as our spirits are born anew, the faculty of communion is restored. Amen? Then we are able to communicate with the spirit of God. Then your conscience is also revived. Conscience helps you determine what is good and what is right. You wonder why people do things. You say, ah, don't they have a conscience? To the sinful man, the conscience is dead. A Christian needs to train his conscience. Because when you get born again, the seed is there. These things need to be nurtured so that you grow. But if you don't, sometimes people will wonder and say, ah, is he truly born again? So, it's within you. That's where it starts. In your spirit. By his wisdom, communion with his Holy Spirit, a reawakened conscience. But what should be the operating paradigm of those things in you? Uh, Romans 14, 17. Let's look at it quickly. When he says the kingdom is within you. And we've said what is in you is your spirit. We'll look at what is in your spirit. What is in your soul? Your Will is in your soul that you die. This is what I want to do. Nobody can stop me. It's your will. You've decided. That's what helps you make decisions. What is in your soul? Your emotions. And that's the way I am. I'm just hot-tempered. When they offend me, I just say it and that's the end. Ah, <laughs> it's the soul that's talking. Renewed soul. Fire. Who wants to live with fire? Nobody. That's a soul. Emotions. And emotions, you see people, that's why the Bible says the fruit of the spirit is self-control. Somebody happy, 
the next moment is sad. They say it's mood swing. Don't let your hormones push you into mood swing. It's not the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is what? Self-control. That means what? that's what the Holy Spirit helps you to do to your soul. Those things emanate from the Spirit, but they become evident in the soul. So your soul, we said your will, your emotions, then your mind, your mind, your intellect. How do you reason? How do you judge things? Your imaginations, what do you think about? Or how do you project into the future? Then your memory, things that happened. Some people cannot forget. They say, I can forgive you, but I can never forget. Your mind has not been renewed. So, those are the things that is within you. And if you say the kingdom of God is within you, that means the kingdom of God starts from your spirit, translates to your soul. So, but what are the things that should guide the operations of our spirit and soul? Romans uh, 14, 17, For the kingdom of God is not in eating and drinking, but what? Righteousness. And peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. If you remove the Holy Ghost, stay on that verse. You remove the Holy Ghost, you can't have that thing. So, we are born again by the word of God, through the spirit of God, because of what Jesus did. The spirit comes in you in a measure. Baptism of the spirit is another experience at another level. But everybody that is born again has a measure of the spirit of God in him. What is born of the flesh is what? Flesh. But it is what is born of the spirit that is spirit. That's what Jesus was telling Nicodemus. So righteousness in your spirit. Now, there are two levels of righteousness. I said teaching on righteousness, you can take it in several ways. You can teach it, I think in some Bible schools, many Bible schools, it's actually a subject or a module of learning. Amen. There are two levels of righteousness. If you say you are seeking the kingdom of God, number one, there's righteousness that is conferred on you by what Jesus has done. Amen. Paul said, um, I am not ashamed of what? Romans 1, 17. I'm not ashamed of what? The gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation for him who believes first to the Jew. For therein is what? The righteousness of God. Let's have it. Verse 18 now. Okay, yeah. For in it, verse 17, yeah. For in it, in the gospel, is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. Just as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Faith in who? In what Jesus has done. Amen? Faith in what Jesus has done. Let's read uh, Romans chapter. Now, I will encourage us to read the book of Romans. It deals with the subject of righteousness. There are two kinds of righteousness that God expects for us when we get into the kingdom. The one that is conferred comes by faith in Jesus Christ. That is the basis of your acceptance before God. It is not what you do. What you do is important. What you do does not make you a child of God. It is what Jesus did. So you need to be established in that. Romans chapter 9. Is it chapter 9 or 11? Talking about the zeal of the uh, Jews. Chapter 9. I tell the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit. That I have great sorrow and continual grief in my heart. For I wish that I could, uh, for my brethren, my countrymen, according to the flesh. Who are Israelites? I think it's verse 11. 
I mean chapter 11. Chapter 11. Okay, it's chapter 10, sorry. It's chapter 10. My heart's desire and prayer is, uh, to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. They love God, they love God. Many Christians love God. For they being ignorant of what? They being ignorant of what? God's righteousness. This is key to living. Oh, God will help us today. This is key to living a healthy Christian life. Being ignorant of God's righteousness, they seek to establish their own righteousness. Their own. Apart from... So you need to know that righteousness is conferred on you. You believe in Jesus Christ. Later on in this chapter, I will tell you uh, from verse uh, 7 verse to 10. It said, man believes. And with the mouth, confession made unto salvation. That's all. That's why it doesn't make sense to the Jews. Because they have laws. Thou shalt not wear short trousers. You know, there are laws about dressing. And the, 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 the pride of the Pharisees is that all of those 10,000... Paul will tell you in uh, Colossians 3, according to the law, blameless, as in, I'm a Pharisee of a Pharisee. For you to become a Pharisee, ah, your level. When Jesus told them, except your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom. People were like, ah, nobody can be saved. Because not everybody can do what the Pharisees are doing. But he was simply telling them, the righteousness that comes by faith is greater than the righteousness that comes by works. It's that simple. But that's what made it offensive. Say, what do you mean? We fast every day. We go to the temple by 6, by 10, by 12. We observe all the feasts. We do this, we do that, we do that. And you are telling us that people who don't do all these things are equal before. It's a lie. That's the annoyance. But that is the benefit of righteousness that comes by faith. God confers it on you. So, is as you meditate on this, as you understand it, that you actually get to appreciate it more. There's righteousness conferred, then there's righteousness, that level in your spirit. And see, from time to time, you need to pray it and thank God for your salvation. When some people, reason some people are not sure that they will go to heaven is because they are still operating. Righteousness by works. Ah, there's someone in my who say, ah, it's until we get to heaven before we know who will be saved. I say, ah, so if Jesus comes now, you don't know if you are going. Say, ah, God will have mercy on me. I say, ah. <laughs> there was a time, younger, very, a, a growing child, a Christian, every time for make altar call in church in those days, I always raise up my hand. Some of my children say, Shio, stop raising up your hand. The next time I went to the back, how many of you want to be saved? I did like this. The woman saw me, put your hand down, my friend. <laughs> Is it only you that has in? Because I, was, I didn't understand. But that you have righteousness conferred does not mean, it's not license for sin. That's why I said, one is this. Level two is the one you walk out. Amen. There must be fruits of righteousness in your life. Having received righteousness from God, then James will tell you, faith without works, you have believed. Now, do the works that are proper. Shall we continue in sin because grace is abounding? God forbid. You use that one that is conferred. So that's what God wants you to seek always. So, 
your desire for holiness, brightness, continually increase. Because we are seeking God's kingdom. He says the kingdom begins where? In you. That's number one. Righteousness. And righteousness simply means acceptance before God. We said it is what Jesus did. Number two. That's why I said by what you do. There are several scriptures. If you read um, John chapter 3. First John 3. There is a lot there on God judging and saying, your, even your heart will condemn you if you don't do righteousness, if you don't live right. So, first meaning of righteousness, acceptance. Second meaning is integrity, purity, rightness. It's a correctness of thinking. Correctness of thinking. You know, the, the Pharisees, they kept external things. But Jesus says, see, if you think it, you are guilty. Right? Is it not? Jesus said, if you look at a woman lustfully, you have already committed adultery. So the Pharisees, it is when they catch you red-handed. Right? But Jesus raised the standard. And how can man's thinking be helped? It can only be by the Holy Ghost. From an internal regeneration, a rebirth, and a renewal of the mind. Amen? Let's quickly get into that. So righteousness, internally, is on those two levels. What God has done, then what you need to do. Amen? In the part two, looking at the third dimension of righteousness. Because right now, we said the kingdom begins where? In you. But God doesn't want it to stay in you alone. It's to come out and affect your environment. Did we give a topic to this message? I'm not sure. Okay. Let's call it the kingdom within. Amen? The kingdom within. If you want a title, apologies. Amen. So, righteousness. That's the first thing. Now, it talks about peace. Peace. Remember, we're talking about the things that should be in you. Peace in your spirit. Peace in your soul. I mean, it's very easy to know. Peace can manifest in your emotions. If you are not at peace, you'll be angry. A good morning. Yes, what is it? Ah, no, I just want to. Please, 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 please ask somebody else. There's no peace. <laughs> there several people are angry in the country. Ah, ah, they don't have peace. But if the kingdom of God is growing in you, you will have peace. Peace with God. Because remember all these things come about by the Holy Spirit. You know, peace. Having that assurance of salvation. And if you are established in righteousness... The righteousness conferred, if you understand it well, you will have peace. You won't be afraid. They say, go, you go for crusade. Everybody stand up. If Jesus comes now, or if you die now, if you are not sure you are going, if you are sure you are going to heaven, sit down. You know, you'll be, people, people will be looking around. Ah, <laughs> you want to see your neighbor. You, my friend, stand up. <laughs> A man and his wife that had arguments in the morning, you know, and they went for crusade. And they said something like that. The, man, the woman sat down. My, the other one was standing. My friend, stand up. <laughs> Where do you think you are going? <laughs> but the woman, maybe she has settled in her mind. And she understood righteousness. She said, see, I've confessed. Uh, God, I thank you. You know, if you don't understand, you always be standing up. Fear. But righteousness also brings peace. Amen? Doing righteousness, as in walking, living righteously, also brings peace to your heart. Amen? Those are dimensions. Then there's a dimension where you also walk for peace. Bible says, blessed are all the peacemakers. 
for they shall be called the sons of God. It's not as if you don't know how to shout. Ah, you know Nigeria, I know if you shout, I know if you shout. But some people say, see, I will show you who I am. Do you know who I am? I mean, what that, everybody in this country, do you know, everybody wants to show who they are. If you are pursuing the kingdom, you will know that one of the cardinal things you should live for is say, follow peace with all men. See, even if they cheat you, Psalm 15 says, who will ascend the hill of the Lord? Even he who swears to his own heart, as in it's to your disadvantage. But because of the kingdom, but the sake of peace, you allow it. That's why in those days, they used to say, SU, Swagba Union, in Lagos. Because people, for the sake of peace, they'll say, let it go. Let it go. They... Peace. Your neighbor, ah, I will show you why. Mm, peace. If you understand that, you need to pursue peace. You will be the first to mend fences. Even where you have been offended. You, even, it can be difficult at times, but that's where the Holy Ghost is there. It said the Holy Ghost. You will be praying, Lord, just help me. Peace. It's so important that even Christ himself is called our peace. And he's called what? The Prince of Peace. Amen. Peace within. That's where it should start from. And it says, assurance of salvation, having no fear of God's judgment, then it also brings contentment with your present state. It's not, I didn't say complacency, but contentment. You may have challenges, but in it, you are at peace. I remember my story from some few years ago. Pastor Fumi will always ask me, hey, this is why I say, Ma, I'm at peace. <laughs> it's now I'm saying, my answer wasn't wrong after all, all those years. And we can see the effect of the peace now, can't we? <laughs> those that understand. <laughs> Amen. But peace. Peace. Then he say joy. Joy. You know, it is not, this joy is not based on external circumstances. People are looking at comedy shows to try to get joy. Even if there's no comedian around, you're not sad. There is a calm cheerfulness about you. Brought about by the Holy Spirit. Brought about by the Word of God. So righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. If these things are not in your life, it can be characterized like a life of labor. It will be like trouble, stress. That's why the Lord Jesus said in Matthew 11, said, come unto me. Matthew eleven twenty eight downwards. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. I will give you peace. There is a dimension of peace, rest. And you know, last towards the end of last year, God began to talk about talk to us about coming into rest. You actually can't come into rest if you are not actively pursuing the kingdom. Amen. How do we come, you know, all these things that we mentioned must be in the Holy Ghost. We must learn to walk with the Holy Spirit. Let's quickly look at how we, 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 because we said the kingdom within. Later we'll look at extending the kingdom. Because this kingdom needs to become physically manifest. Because every king, whether in ancient times or in modern times, there is a strong measure of territoriality to kingdoms, right? What causes conflict of nations? Either somebody is some, trying to take somebody's territory, whether it's actual territory or intellectual territory or airspace or 
uh, we say water, what they call those, those things, or whether it's fight for resources, something that gives you advantage. Every kingdom is actively pursuing that. And God that owns everything, you think he doesn't want it all back. He wants it. And he wants his children to fight, to take it back. That's the dominion mandate. Before, I mean, it doesn't take God anything. So yeah, my son Jesus, go back. Chase them all away. It doesn't cost him anything. But it's giving us time to prove ourselves. So that your position, when the new comes, amen? But how do we get established in the kingdom here? Number one, you must understand the finished work of God. The finished work of God. Now, the finished work of God in understanding rest. We said, when, when we talked about rest, then said, it's not as if God was tired. He didn't rest because he was tired. And he didn't just rest because he had finished all his work. He was enjoying what he has done. It is all done. Everything. And the, the finished work of God, if we are to look at it, maybe another day we'll look at that. In, for providence, for nature, for pro- your provision, it is all done. That's why the Lord Jesus said, do not worry. I mean, is God recreating new fish today? Is the fish that was created then that are still reproducing. And you know that fish was the only animal that was not in the ark. As a matter of fact, there will have been more fish because they had more water to swim in, right? <laughs> but did he create new elephants? New species of elephant? No. It's the two that were with Noah that reproduced and reproduced. And... Providence in nature, your provision already done. Then the finished work of God in salvation. The Lord Jesus, that's why I said righteousness. You need to understand it. Jesus said what? It is finished. There's nothing you can add to it. There's nothing you can take away from it. So don't try to, you, it's not you that makes yourself right before God. All you need to do is say, Lord, if you think you've sinned, John said, if we confess our sins, he is what? Faithful and just to forgive us. And he will cleanse us. It's the same first John that says, he who is born of God does not sin. It is not your default. You don't have delight in it. And as you, you know, David said, if I regard iniquity in my hand, the Lord will not hear me. That's Psalm 60. The more you, you find yourself that you're falling short, you go back, Lord, help me. And then you study the word of God, you pray, and you live your life in accountable relationship. Over time, you will outgrow it. Our little children, going up or climbing down the stairs, they need help, right? After a while, they will tell you, don't help me. Don't help me. I can do it by myself. Don't fall down. I will not fall down. Huh? But those that are five years and above now, and those that are claiming to be five, you know, <laughs> and to be five years senior, four years, four years senior, you know, there are those that are <laughs> so telling us that every day. They run up and down. Because now, they can climb it. It's the same with our spiritual work. Over time, you outgrow some things. But as long as you keep yourself in the right channel. So, the finished work of providence, salvation, Later, we look at the finished work in destiny. So, you must understand the finished work of righteousness. Number two, you must learn to walk in righteousness. Those are the things that will naturally bring, I mean, we're saying righteousness. And it means things that are right. And just and fair. Because righteousness, there's righteousness conferred. There's righteousness that you need to walk. Righteousness also means being just and fair. You know, 
One of the things that people appreciate me for in, at my workplace, when I do roasters, nobody can accuse me of partiality. It can be difficult. Especially where you have nursing mothers. Some of them are my friends. You know, the lady that just gave birth. But for fairness and just, I had to go to her seat. I have to put you on call. I say, oh. You know, you take difficult decisions, but people will still be saying, thank you. But there are some who will just do it. Everybody, what is this? Why are you? It's not easy. But it's part of the things we need to grow in. If God is entrust us with authority, not that you will not show favoritism to your brother or, you know, but fairness, equity, justice. We we'll look at it later. It's the foundation of God's truth. And it's one of the principles that will help us establish his kingdom here on earth. So, understand the finished works. Walk, learn to walk in righteousness. Learn to enter into rest. Where in that verse, Jesus said, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. And it, let's have it on screen, please. Matthew 11. He said, Take my yoke. What is yoke? Yoke is a burden. Yoke is a burden. You are doing your own thing. It's a yoke. But what your own yoke will stress you. As a matter of fact, the Lord's yoke will stress you also. But at the end of it, you will have peace. Amen? You will have peace. Take his yoke upon you. Huh. Let me just list this point as we close. Cultivate a healthy conscience. God has given you a conscience to know what is right, what is wrong. Cultivate a healthy conscience. Acts 24, 16. Your conscience helps you judge. And, you know, the inner witness of the Holy Spirit also works with your conscience. Should I do this? Should I not do that? But primarily, between what is right and what, you may not even have a scripture, but if you are yielded of the Holy Spirit, you will do things that you will know that is wrong. Except you are not listening. That's ah, I didn't know. Jesus said, if you come to the altar and you remember that somebody has something, it's not you that has something against the person, somebody, how will you know? The Holy Spirit will tell you. So Paul said, This is Acts 24, 16. This being so, I myself always strive to have a conscience without offense toward God and towards men. The challenge with conscience is, if you don't listen, over time, your conscience will become weaker and weaker and weaker until the point that you won't even know the difference between what is right or wrong again. Amen? So, what is the kingdom? Righteousness. Peace. Joy in the Holy Ghost. That is where we'll start from. In the Holy Ghost. Because without the Holy Spirit, you can't achieve all this. Amen? Let's bow our heads. Just ask God for help. The kingdom begins within. That's where God wants it to start from. Let's pray that it will give us grace to be strongly established in his kingdom. So, uh, we cannot enter into the kingdom. We cannot be established in the kingdom except we are born of the Spirit and born of water. Let's ask that, you know, the Spirit of God will do a work in us. Because it said righteousness, peace, and joy 
in the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that causes these things to germinate in our lives. And also as we focus on the Word of God. That's one of the points. uh, Okay, I should have mentioned that. You cannot have the kingdom without having knowing the constitution. Let's just ask that God will cause his word to come alive in our hearts. It will cause our commitment to him, to his ways, to be strong. We will always seek righteousness. We will be established in his righteousness. In the faith of what Jesus has done, we will not seek to establish our own. But even though he has saved us, by his grace we will walk righteously. We will bring forth fruits. We will walk worthy of the calling that we have received in him. Lord, we ask that you will fill our hearts, our spirit, our souls with your righteousness. Help us to walk righteously. Lord, your peace, let it be established in us and help us to walk for peace always. In the name of Jesus. Lord, your joy in the Holy Spirit. All these things by the help and through the help of the Holy Spirit. Let them be established in our lives. Let these be the things that we always strive for. That in every circumstance we seek to do right. In every situation we seek to do what you want. Thank you Heavenly Father. In Jesus name we pray. This message is brought to you by the Metamorphosis Christian Center, Abuja. We believe you were blessed as you listened. Join us for a Sunday service at Metamorphosis Christian Center, Stanford Dialysis Building, beside Africa International College, opposite Sun City, Kaura District, Abuja. You can link with us on Facebook and YouTube at Metamorphosis NG. Metamorphosis Christian Center, reaching, raising, releasing.